Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. And we just saw a crazy National League Division Series between the Cubs and the Washington Nationals that the Cubs won somehow. I've watched the highlights of Game 5 like five times, and I'm still not sure how they won, but they did win. So now they move on to face the L.A. Dodgers and the National League Championship Series for the second straight year. And I'm putting together a little quick NLCS, sorry about that, preview. And I really only had a day to turn this around, so. I have interviews with Matthias Wachner of Cubs Insider and Michael Ernst of Cubs Den. Both of them are pretty good guys, and they have some interesting things to say. Um... Matthias is at Wecknerd, W-E-C-K-Nerd, on Twitter, and Michael is at MJ underscore Ernst on Twitter. And I, of course, am at STH85 on Twitter, if you want to follow me. A couple notes about our interviews. Uh, We were speculating about um, who was going to start Game 1 for the Cubs, John Lackey or Jose Quintana. Well, right before the game today... Uh, Jose Quintana was named the starter, so he is starting game one. And we did mention a fair amount about Corey Seager when we were talking, and he is not on the playoff roster for the Dodgers due to a back injury. So that is a big blow for the Dodgers. Um, Well, we're going to start out with my interview with Matthias, and here it is. That game yesterday was insane. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, I, just, I don't know how else to start it. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Oh, wow. Um, uh, that game had just about everything except for a Cubs home run. It was the, the fifth inning with Max Scherzer. Was that right? I didn't. Yeah, I believe so. Where it had the, the sequence of events that had never happened in any game in Major League history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was, um, let's see here, catcher's interference, uh, third pitch, or wild pitch strikeout where the guy advanced. Yeah. Hit by pitch, and I'm trying to, is that, was that the three main ones? There was a fourth, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. No, actually. But yeah, thing, that game was crazy, and it was, you know, it's one of those things that I was going to ask too, is about, you know, with Dusty Baker and everything, and his history of like, is that like where the team just collapsed? I think it was almost more like the Nationals collapsed and the Cubs actually won. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you think too, or? Uh, I really don't know what to think. Honestly, I'm still trying to, uh, I guess, collect my thoughts about the whole insanity that was last night. But it was an intentional walk that started it. That was the. Oh, okay. Because he intentionally walked Hayward to get Tobias. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of, you know, you and I kind of had similar views going into the game. I even wrote an article about it, but we were both talking about how, yeah, we were, we were both talking about how, well, win or lose, it was a good season, you know, 
the Nationals are a good team, and like if we, you know, if we lose to them, big deal. But then that game happened. It was like, oh my god. Yeah, I was uh, I was calm and pretty uh, agnostic about the outcome until about I want to say the fifth inning when the Cubs took the lead, and then I was all, you know what? Screw this. I want the Cubs to win. I hope the Nationals lose. I I don't want to see another outcome. Yeah, it's one of the things I was going to ask it. Like, I know for me, there were at least four or five points during the game where I was just like, all right, that's it. They're done. It's <laughs> over. That's the last draw. But I want to know how many times you felt like that during the game. <sighs> the only time that I felt like uh, the Cubs were done was the bottom of the second when they had the two home runs and they went down by three. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how this game is going to go. Um, okay, good season. Cool. Let's just get this game over with and move on. But then, as we all know, just some crazy stuff happened. Yeah, so that's what I was at that point, too. I, I, you know, I sometimes get emotional about it. And, like, I turned it off for, like, half an inning after, after Taylor hit the home run. I was like, forget this. God, I'm done. And then, of course, <laughs> I start checking the score again. And I'm like, yeah, Brian got a double. And, they scored a run. I'll put it back on for a second. Yeah, yeah and yeah, and then it got pulled back in. <laughs> yeah, a good old Addison Russell man. He uh, he kind of saved us last night. Yes, he did, and it was. You know, if you think about it, that's what even Theo was saying. The only ball that was like really well struck that drove in runs was was that double by Russell, and the rest of it was, you know, a lot of you know hitting ground balls and driving runs, wild pitches, and just like. It's amazing. Like the, they only earned like like three or four runs in the game. Yeah, and they only had uh, I want to say two RBI singles or RBI hits, whereas they had three RBI ground outs. Yeah, it's, it, it was a it's amazing yeah. what happened. Then they then the bullpen just like that felt like felt like every guy you threw out there was just like a disaster. Yeah, it's just a. Like, if you're Joe in that situation, who do you go to next? Because it's like, if I put somebody out there, how am I supposed to know if they're going to succeed or even get an out without walking a couple guys or giving up hits and runs? Yeah, and earlier in the series, I had been very upset about – that was my one overreaction in the series was when, you know, when, when um, um, Harper hit the home run. I was like, you have a left-hander going. You have – Montgomery, why are you warming him up if you're not going to use him against Harper? And sure enough, in game five, Madden does exactly what I wanted, puts Harper, Montgomery against Harper, and Harper just, like, vaporized a double down the line. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I guess that proves me wrong. I mean, it's just it's one at bat, and you're looking at an aggregate level uh, uh, characteristics of a player, so one at bat doesn't really tell the whole story. You're just trying to increase the likelihood of a favorable outcome. But yeah, it's just sometimes it just seems that the manager can do the right thing, make the right move, but the pitcher or hitter doesn't perform like he's supposed to. Yeah, and that's what's actually going to bring me into my next question: is this stuff with Carl Edwards is like was pretty much taken up the last three games of the pretty much after his home running he allowed in game two. Carl Edwards was a hot topic like every game. Yeah. I don't really understand uh, Joe's 
obsession with him because he used him in every single game. So, I mean, it's good that he trusts a reliever like that, but it's also bad because you're going to overuse him pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, he kind of had this thing a little bit, not as much with Justin Grimm a couple years ago yeah. where he would call like Justin Grimm, like his Houdini guy. I'd put him yeah. in if I was in a tough spot to get him out. And it, yeah, it seemed like sometimes those guys get overused. Well, I mean, it's understandable why they would get overused because they're the better pitchers, so you're going to use them more often in situations that they're, uh, they should be relied upon. But it's a double-edged sword because if you use them so much, they're not going to be as effective after pitching for three straight days or something like that. Yeah, especially someone like in Edwards who's, like, you know, small frame and you know, has to get max effort to pitch it. Yeah. He's not as good on if he's pitching a lot. Does he have to give max effort on every pitch? I don't really consider. Well, you know, I don't. I don't know about that, that kind of pitcher. But they they've always talked about him getting tired. So I didn't know if that was. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you can say that it's because he's a string bean that he gets tired yeah. easily. But I'm also not him, so I couldn't tell you. That's true. And the other one was, I, I still didn't understand why, I know he'd, he'd struggled throughout the year, but I didn't understand why Rondon wasn't included on the playoff roster. <clears throat> See, Rondon's a, a tricky thing because he's been good this year, but he's also not been good this year. Like he's had his ups and downs this season, and uh, I don't really know if, Anybody trusts him to perform in situations where he's needed, like like they they trust uh, Pedro Strope or Mike mm-hmm. Montgomery or Brian Dunsing even. Yeah, that's been the, actually when we were going into the last series. My biggest concern was I just didn't know if anyone in the bullpen could be trusted. Like they all could be good, but they've all had games this year where they've just imploded. It's just other than maybe Wade Davis, and it was like. Yeah, the only consistent one has been Wade Davis. I mean, Edwards had that stretch where he was just horrible for two or three weeks. And then even in his good, uh, when he's performing well, he'll have outings where he walks a couple guys and can't get anybody out. But that's because he's always had command and control issues. And he's getting better, but he's still not to that level. And that's why Joe had such a quick hook last night whenever he walked the first guy and really didn't throw anything near the plate because he knew that it was one of those outings. Yeah. And with having to use a lot of starters and stuff in relief roles, the um, game one starter is still kind of up in the air for the Dodgers series. It sounds like it's either going to be yeah, like Wacky or Quintana. But um, I think he'll go Quintana. Because Quintana only threw, uh, let's see, he only threw twelve Gotta be, pitches. Like, last yeah, night. it was like twelve or fifteen. Yeah, it was very small. Twelve pitches. He threw two thirds of an inning, but he could also go with Lackey, who I don't really trust at all because he gives up home runs pretty much every outing. Yeah, and I mean Lackey in in the playoffs last year blew up in the couple starts he had. He only made like three innings, so yeah. I don't know if you could count on him. The, the, the three inning start is kind of the norm for this playoffs, though. So I mean, it wouldn't really be that surprising. That's true. 
Well, I, I mean, that's a good transition. What are your thoughts on this Dodgers Cubs NLCS part two? Oh man, uh, my thoughts are that the Cubs offense needs to uh, do something other than, well, get unearned runs. They need to be able to score at least three or four runs every game because while our pitching has been great, the Dodgers offense is phenomenal. Yeah, and it's it, the Dodgers are an interesting team too because three of their four starters are lefties. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of Albert Almora in this in this series. And I wonder, will we see more of like an Ian Happ who it's good against right? It's better as a righty than a lefty. I I like Ian Happ, but I just I don't know if he's ready to perform on that stage. Yes, he's a professional hitter and he's done pretty well this year, but I think he I don't know about the stats, but I think he might be better as a lefty. I know he has a lot more power from the left side. He has more power as a lefty, higher average as a righty. So Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't really like the whole using batting averages a gauge of how good a guy is but i mean i guess he just makes better contact as a righty because he doesn't he yeah. knows he doesn't have as much power so he doesn't have to swing for the fences all the time yeah the better new stats way of saying it would be he doesn't strike out as much as a right-hander so oh there we go that's better yeah but yeah it's just but yeah not- it's it, it's a, it's a tough tough thing to and you, you do worry about a guy like Hap turning in like an Aaron Judge performance where Aaron Judge has struck out like 70% of the time, 70% of his plate appearances in the playoffs. Well, I mean, it's it's such a, a small sample of uh, plate appearances. People, guys are either going to be generally very good or not good at all. Like there's really not going to be much uh, middle ground. Yeah, you get, you get people like a Michael A. Taylor – that show up and hit like 400 <laughs> yeah when in reality he's not close to that level of production mm-hmm. it's kind of funny though I was talking to my brother too about this and he's like that Michael A. Taylor beat us how could that happen and I go yeah but his numbers are better than you think in the regular season and he looked it up and yeah it was like he had 19 home runs and stuff and like yeah he had some decent numbers and that's only because uh Adam Eaton got injured, so mm-hmm. yeah, towards ACL. Guys, yeah, yeah. I think people. I mean, they kind of fell apart at the end, but the Nationals were a very good team. Yeah, and uh, those moves that they made to solidify their bullpen actually um, helped them along the like through the rest of the season. Didn't help them in the postseason, clearly, but you know, no, can't do anything about that. Yeah, and I get another big thing, I guess, in this series will be they get to face another elite pitcher, Clayton Kershaw. And the Dodgers, of course, so now they added Hugh Darvish, so they actually have a one-two punch, which makes them a little stronger than they were last year. Yeah, and that, that'll that be interesting to see because I love watching great pitching, but I also believe that the Cubs have seen enough of Kershaw um, that they should be able to attack him pretty well. Like they should have a good idea of what he throws and how he throws it and his uh, tendencies. So hopefully they put together some great plate appearances and, you know, knock him around like they did in game six of the NLCS last year. Yeah. 
And actually, I was going to ask you, because I saw on Twitter that you made a bold prediction. You said the Cubs <laughs> are going to win in six. And I, I don't know. I like saying bold prediction. No, but, yeah. um, it, it wasn't really like a, a genuine prediction because I honestly, I don't know how this series is going to unfold because it could easily go four, or, but it could e- also easily go seven. It's just, it's hard yeah. to tell at this point yeah it, it is and I, I don't like making predictions ever yeah. like the last series I said it was going to go five games and I don't know what happened in the fifth game and that was actually a pretty accurate prediction <laughs> yeah because nobody knew it was going to happen in the fifth game <laughs> yeah that was crazy yeah it was insane alright well I'll, I'll, I'll end it on this um, who do you think is going to have a good series for the Cubs in this upcoming series, and who do you think is going to have a bad series? Good series, as it, as it pertains to hitters, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chris Bryan and Addison Russell. We'll have good series as hitters. Uh, bad series, I don't really like talking about this, but um, i got to go with my boy Anthony Rizzo. We'll have <laughs> a not great series, and... Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Now, how about pitching-wise? Pitching, I think John Lackey will be a lot better than we think or predict. And as far as bad pitchers, that's hard to tell because with the postseason so far this year, it's been a crapshoot, really. Like, a pitcher can have a good outing, or if you expect a guy to have a good outing, he won't. Yeah, it's been very hard to predict. What do you think? Um, I'm thinking I have a good feeling about uh, Wilson Contreras in the series. Oh, yeah? Because of all the, all the lefties, yeah. I think he's going to hit them pretty good. Yeah. Um, for bad series, I'm trying to think who I'm thinking for what hitter would have a bad series. I don't think Schwarber's going to play much. Oh, no. So I don't think he will do anything. And... I don't think Hayward's going to play much either, but yeah, it's because this is a lefty-heavy rotation. So you'd think that lefty hitters would have more of a more of a problem in this series than right-handed hitters. Uh, I mean, John Jay's a lefty, and he hits left-handers pretty well. And all, Anthony Rizzo will be in the lineup every game, and he hits lefties well too. So I think those will be the only consistent lefties in the lineup who get starting time. So I don't yeah, think I'll have to worry about the lefties having an issue yeah. with the left-handed, star, left-handed starters. The yeah, and the other one that's kind of been who's been just ice cold is Baez. He didn't do. He went like over for the series. So you wonder like, is he due for a hot streak? But I don't know. You can just never tell uh, what kind of Javi Baez you're going to get game in and game out because he might be the Javi Baez that takes every pitch and waits until there's the one fat one and he kills it. Or it'll be the Javi Baez that we see all too frequently who swings at sliders that are a foot or more outside of, like, off the plate. Yeah. And then uh, pitchers-wise, I, yeah, pitchers-wise, I really think, like, Lester's going to have a good series because he's been pitching really well of late. Yeah. And he also got a pickoff last game, so yeah, maybe he'll be able to do that. 
Maybe that would be not not like that was kind of funny. And yeah, not only that, he threw two in a row. Yeah, and the first one it skipped to Anthony Rizzo, and I was kind of worried about that because I don't want to see an error and the guy get to second. Yeah, it was almost like you were thinking he's never going to throw it over again, especially after he almost threw that one away, and then he did. It was also kind of funny this year because the Cubs seemed to be on the bad end of a lot of replays during the regular season. It didn't seem like they had much luck with replays. And then these past few games, they've gotten all the replay calls in their favor. Well, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes, man. I do I, I do enjoy the thing now with um, where everyone's like, for 100 years to play at first base, the guy would be safe every time. And now, now the Cubs get a break. And I'm like, well... Technology is ruining our sacred game. Though we want errors in. We don't want the calls to go correctly. We want just uh, umpires to make mistakes, and we're okay with that. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. I guess you could debate like, should like they have when you come out the base for like a fraction of a second, or but that's in the rules. That's what the rules are right now. If you don't like it, then change them. Yeah, and I honestly don't think that they could do that because then what's the point of having replay? Yeah, exactly. And uh, there there are plays that had happened before where the guy might have left the base for a second but then got back on, like the hidden ball trick. Every single, like Most hidden ball trick instances are the fielder waiting for the guy to lift his foot up for a second, tagging him and taking advantage of it. Yeah, and if we didn't have that, how could we have a bunch of kids' movies about baseball? Because they have to have the hidden ball trick in every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love the hidden ball trick. <laughs> I'm surprised the Cubs have never tried that in a big game. If anyone would do it, it would be Joe Madden, so. Yeah. That would be awesome to see in the World Series. <laughs> well, I guess on that note, it would be be a good time to go away so, to end this thing because we've talked about the crazy game and what our predictions are who's going to be good and bad and hidden ball tricks so I think yeah. we covered everything that's about all you need to talk about when you're talking about playoff baseball yeah that's right well thanks for coming on my podcast yeah, no problem thanks for having and me and we'll see we'll see whose predictions are right and wrong right great pundits that we are <laughs> yep all right thank you you're welcome thank you next we have the interview with michael ernst the game last night game five of the nlds was completely insane i mean i don't even know how to describe it but i just what were your thoughts on the game uh it was it was just utter insanity uh, I know I, I, my brother had to turn it off. He's just somebody who doesn't, uh, you know, handle. He he gets so emotional about the thing, about every Cubs game, let alone the playoffs. And uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, he had to turn it off. And I I texted him afterwards, and I I, I was actually watching at a sports bar, and I, uh, that's not something I usually do. I usually watch him at home, but. Um, you know, just kind of the intensity of all the other people there. Um, it just, 
I had a harder time sitting through that game than I did game seven of the world series. Um, I mean, at least with game seven, you know, the, the home run Chapman gave up, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, you could maybe sense it was coming a little bit cause he was gassed, but, uh, last night it was just every batter from, you know, the second inning on it just it felt like something weird was going to happen on every pitch with every batter and it was just unrelenting for eight innings and it was just it was nerve-wracking beyond belief I just it, it was it was honestly the biggest roller coaster ride uh as a fan I've you know that I've kind of uh uh yeah, I just I, I don't I don't know how else to describe it. It was just it was so intense for so long. It was just it was an amazing game. And I felt bad for the Nats. Yeah, and that's what I've been asking. I felt bad for all. Yeah, the yeah, but I've been asking people. Oh yeah, but um, I've been asking people a lot. Like, how many times did you give up on the game? How many times did you think uh, we're gonna lose now? Honestly, I'm not that kind of person i you know especially when the cubs have the lead i'm not somebody who thinks oh they're gonna blow it that's just that's that's not who i am Um, my brother was certainly there he he was convinced they were gonna lose yesterday i mean the day before the game but for me i don't know uh you know when it was four to one i was like "Uh, you know it's only the second inning they got plenty of time to come back we've seen this team do it and then obviously after the crazy fifth inning where we had every imaginable break go our way, um, it, uh, yeah, you know, I felt good about it. And obviously the, the bullpen, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't give me any warm and fuzzies and it was driving me insane from the fifth inning on. But, uh, I don't know. I never, I never had that fatalistic. Oh man, we're gonna lose this sort of mentality with it. Uh, but uh, you know, you just every time you'd have a three-run lead, you'd have they load the bases and you'd have Bryce Harper up. And every time you had a two-run lead, there was two guys on, and you had Ryan Zimmerman up or Michael Taylor up or something like that. It was just like, oh, it, it could happen, but. I don't know. I just kept telling myself they're not going to give up the home run as long as they keep it to singles and they only give them one run per inning. They're going to be fine. And that's kind of ended up how it ended up. They they limited the damage every inning. Um, they built up the big lead and they allowed what they could allow, and it ended up working out. Yeah, it was one of those things. I'm more of like your brother, mm-hmm. I would say. Sometimes I give up, and but then I come right yeah. back. I'll be like, when they went to, when Taylor hit the home run, I'm like, I was so mad I had to like put it off for like like an inning, half an inning, and then I went right back mm-hmm. on. But yeah, but the only thing that the with the game like the I just I didn't know I was doing the math in my head. We've got 15 outs to get when they took the lead, and I'm like, how are we? How is this bullpen? gonna hold out for 15 outs it's like i have no idea how this is gonna happen so every time i was thinking like is it and then they went to wade davis i'm like is he gonna make it is he gonna survive for like seven outs and yeah it was that was the tension for me yeah i uh 
for a while there, I kind of thought it was going to be, you know, a little like game seven where, you know, you use up Chapman and obviously that game went into extras, but you know, we ended up having Montgomery close it out. And I don't know. I was just like when they brought in Davis in the seventh, I was like, okay, well, I think he can at least get through the eighth and in the ninth, you know, uh, I guess we have lackey if we need it, but Hey, you know, maybe Justin Wilson comes through with that, you know, like redeems himself and, uh, you know, it's not like it's a situation, you know, as a closer, he hadn't been in before this year. So, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of had, I still had a little faith. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess it could, it would have been kind of, uh, a little mirror to last year. Um, you know, with Montgomery who like Wilson was quite bad after he, first came over and then obviously Montgomery righted himself before the playoffs and then ended up having a pretty good playoffs as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I definitely questioned going to him in the seventh with one out, especially since Quintana really wasn't pitching that bad. Uh, you know, he got the two quick outs and, you know, then he walked the guy or gave up the single and then he walked the guy. But I mean, even on the walk, that first pitch was right down the middle, and they called it a ball, which just killed me. But um, we were kind of seeing calls, bad calls all night both ways. So, um, yeah, I was a little surprised that he didn't stick with Quintana a little bit longer. Um, but, hey, Davis Davis came through. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we yeah, can second guess yeah, it, was- but it, it ended up working. Yeah, it was kind of funny though. It's almost like that play to end the eighth inning with the with the pickoff at at first base. It kind of like sucked the life out of the Nationals. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, even with the you know, it was still just a one run lead, and I don't know. They did still feel dangerous to me in the ninth. But yeah, I, I think I think the magic in the the real sense of belief that they had that they were going to come back like they had done in the in game two Uh, i think i think that had kind of evaporated with that play they'd had so many other little things that had gone wrong and a couple of other big things that had gone wrong for them and uh you know the fact that they were so they were on the brink of you know, coming back and tying that game up or taking the lead and have to have that happen to him. And I, you're right. I think it did kind of suck the wind out of him a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was obviously that was, that was a huge play by Wilson Contreras. And, you know, we've seen him do that. I don't know how many times. And, you know, we, we, we talk all the time about how good Javi is at, applying those tags but you know anthony rizzo's been doing that down at first base too um he's just he's not obviously not quite as quick as javi but he he seems to have a knack for uh applying those tags in pretty awkward positions because you know he's not always standing on first base you know straddling the base or anything when those throws are coming in Uh, but he, he he makes it work Yes, he does, and I guess this is a good time to kind of transition to the NLCS. And you know, 
the Cubs have kind of kind of go through their bullpen and use a lot of the starters in the bullpen. So for game one, it's kind of unclear who's going to start. Yeah, it sounds like it's either going to be Quintana or Quintana. Me personally, I would go with Lackey. Um, you know, it, it's this is the type of scenario where you that you got Lackey for in the first place. I mean, yeah, he was a depth signing, and they didn't expect him. You know, to be an ace for him or even, you know, a guy that would start a game one of a playoff series. But it's a scenario that he's been in before. And obviously he has melted down and he's not immune to pressure. I mean, he, you know, he certainly had his meltdown uh, against the Cardinals. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, he's the most experienced pitcher we have. I don't. It, the moment won't be too big for him. I go with him, and and, and you'd have Quintana for game two with a little more rest and a little more on his on a normal schedule, and then you just follow up with Lester and Hendricks and uh, Arietta in whatever order works best for you, and you just you deal with it. Um, you know, maybe you can bring somebody back on short rest and skip lackey you know later on in the series if need be um but i for game one i just go with lackey um and then you know maybe have maybe have yeah. tea available for long relief if you need it yeah i, I tend to agree with you too because it's like this is kind of like a spot where there's really nobody else that's on normal rest even like quintana's like it was his bullpen day that he pitched you know last night but yeah, I think it just, you know, if he blows up, he blows up your face in Kershaw anyway. So, you know, he might not do anything in this game anyway. So, and maybe he'll catch fire and he does good. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, to me, I wouldn't, it, it, if you rush everybody or you rush Quintana and then you rush somebody for game two just to try and skip Lackey, I, I, I think you put, the, the entire series in jeopardy because everybody's going to kind of be accelerated from that point, or at least a couple of guys will. Whereas if you just go with Lackey, everybody else is going to be set up fine. And then, like I said, you can maybe skip Lackey later if you need to and bring back somebody else on short rest for, for game five or six. Yeah. And well, that's what I was going to ask you too. It's the Dodgers have announced their rotation yeah. and they have three left-handed starters. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to see a lot of Albert Almora, but yes. what other guys do you think you'd want to see against some left-handers? Well, um, I, I, I haven't looked at anybody's career numbers against Kershaw or Hill or Wood. Um, there's probably a, you know, especially a guy with like Kershaw who's been around for a while. I'm sure there's guys that have uh, uh, some significant at-bats against him. Uh, but obviously, you know, Almora is going to be a big key along with Addison Russell and Javier Baez. I mean, those are the righties that need to be able to hit the left-handed starters. And, you know, obviously anybody hitting Clayton Kershaw is difficult. But um, between those, with those three lefties that they have lined up, at least one of those three Cubs has to come through big. Um, and maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be one of them in all three games. Um, you know, if you just, if one of them in each game comes up, comes up with some key hits, that would, it, that's honestly going to be the key to the whole series. Um, Ian Happ uh, is a guy who really didn't factor into the national series at all. Um, 
not just with the left-handed starters that the Dodgers have. Um, the Dodgers have some lefties out of their bullpen that uh, can be a factor, whereas with the Nationals, you just had um, Doolittle at the end, and you didn't really have a good middle left-handed reliever. Um, so, you know, Madden was able to set up Listella for some key at bats in the middle of the game, or if it was Oberst for at bats in the middle of a game when he was coming off a bench. Um, and uh, but I think against the Dodgers, uh, Roberts will go to his bullpen early if he thinks he has matchup advantages. He's a, very creative with the way he uses the bullpen, and he does have options with um, both Tony Watson, who isn't the same guy he was a few years ago. Um, but he's still fairly effective. And then, you know, they picked up Tony Singrani as well, who, while he's been pretty ineffective for most of his career, Dodgers seem to have unlocked a little bit of upside with his game. And he's back to pitching the way he kind of did when he first came up. Um, and he's been pretty effective. So if they start bringing in those lefties out of the bullpen, I think uh, um, having Hap available as a switch hitter um, to drop into those situations where they, you know, we don't have to burn an extra guy um, to uh, get the, the proper matchup. I, I, I really think Hap could be a big factor if we're if it comes down to, to you know to close games in the middle innings and stuff. I think. I think that could be a big weapon for us. I, I think that's the one advantage we might have over the Dodgers is we have a little bit more depth and versatility on our bench, uh, whereas kind of all the other factors uh, probably favor the Dodgers a little bit. Um, I think, obviously, their rotation um, is a, a little bit better, um, even if... You know the Cubs had been on their normal normal rest, but with you know the, the situation we find ourselves in, I, you know the Dodgers got a little bit of advantage over us there. They got everybody lined up, everybody's healthy, everybody's uh, on. Well, I guess probably more than their normal rest at this point. Um, whereas the Cubs are going to be uh, up against the wall kind of right from the beginning. Uh, but uh, yeah, then uh, um, the bullpen. Uh, while taken as a whole, I think the bullpens are actually probably pretty equal. Um, you both, the both teams got a really good closer, and I think both teams kind of have, you know, some inconsistencies with the rest of the guys in the pen. But the Dodgers guys, guys, the Dodgers guys are pitching a little better right now. Whereas obviously we had all kinds of struggles, but the Cubs got a handful of guys that at any point can be shut down options. I mean, we've seen Strope do it. We've seen Edwards do it. I think Rondon's going to get back into this series. Um, you know, he's done it. You know, even Wilson, I don't know if he's going to be on the roster. If he is, you know, at some point he might. Monty has come up with big innings. You know, so these guys are all capable of doing it. And, you know, bullpens are always inconsistent to some extent. And obviously they've been down for a while now. But, you know, if you can just get two or three of them, you know, to to find their to find their stride, 
Um, I don't I don't see a huge advantage for the Dodgers in the bullpen um, if we yeah, can get a couple. Of and that's what right. I was going to say too. Um, but yeah, that's what I was going to add too. I think a big factor in this game is going to be the Cubs' left-handed pitchers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because this the Dodgers lineup. I think a big factor in this game is going to be the Cubs' left-handed pitchers. Because this is such a left-handed heavy lineup for the Dodgers that I think that's going to be really what decides the games. Um, yeah, the series, I can, I can I definitely think. see that a little bit. Um, the, the big guys, though, you know, like Seager and Bellinger, uh, they don't have huge splits from what I've seen. Uh, they seem to be able to handle, you know, they're, they're more in the Anthony Rizzo mold where they can still handle left-handed pitching. Um you know, now if we had a guy like Andrew Miller or, you know, Aroldis Chapman or somebody like that, I think that would play a bigger factor. Whereas, you know, the guys that we have available, I mean, hey, I love Mike Montgomery, but, you know, his, his best pitch right now is probably his changeup, which is probably more effective against righties than lefties at the moment. He, he especially in the National Series, he didn't really seem to have his curveball at all. Um, so that, that no, he didn't look good in that series. Having with Monty not being able to find his curveball, and uh, they didn't really use Brian Dunsing all that much, um, which surprised me. I thought he would play a little. I thought I thought Madden would have more faith in him after the season he had. He didn't. He didn't seem to trust him in the national series. Um, but one of those three guys is going to have to come through, I think, uh, and have an impact if the Cubs are going to gonna take the series yeah and it like you were saying the the Dodgers had a much like I think it was two years ago they had a really dramatic left right split yeah. like they were very bad against left handers but I think they like you said I think yeah, they you know, I, balanced I think, that out I think a little bit more lately is the, you know those the, the two young guys uh, uh, Seager and Bellinger they're just good hitters whether you throw a righty up against them or a lefty I you know if if it was if we could throw John Lester out there against them all the time, okay, yeah, maybe we'd have a little bit of an advantage. But you know, if it comes to guys like Brian Dunsing or Mike Montgomery, I, I don't, I, I don't see a huge advantage for the Cubs there, unless you know they're at the very top of their game. Yeah, and that's also I was thinking about the season series mm-hmm. too, because the Cubs actually won two out of three against the Dodgers mm-hmm. in Wrigley. But then they went to L.A., and that was when the Cubs were in that horrible, yeah. horrible slump where they were they lost, like, all six games on the road trip. But they got destroyed by the Dodgers. But I don't know if that's... I don't really think... If you can even apply that yeah, to them. I don't, I don't really... Um, I don't believe in carryover from the regular season into the postseason as far as season matchups. You know, especially with an out-of-division opponent where you only see them six times in a season. You know, like you said... The Cubs were in the middle of a huge slump at the time that they played the Dodgers on one of those times. I think it'd be more significant if it was a division opponent where you faced them, I don't know, what is it, 18 times or whatever it is. Um, you'd have a little bit more of a sample size, but with just six games, I, it's pretty meaningless. Just like a, you know, and honestly, it's just like the playoffs where, you know, a five-game series against the Nationals, yeah, we beat them. Are, are we necessarily the better team? I don't know. I, I think the two teams were pretty were pretty even and it obviously could have gone either way um and uh you know we we had a few breaks go our way in that that game five and uh i there, there's so little 
with baseball, there's so little separating all of the playoff teams that, uh, you know, I, I don't really see baseball as – I don't really see upsets in baseball when it comes to the playoffs. They're all good teams, and any one of them can take a, you know, especially a five-game series, but even a seven-game series. Uh, you know, guys run into slumps. You know, you know, you look at something like uh, Javier Baez. He didn't have a hit against the Nationals. But he almost single-handedly won a playoff series for us last year. You know, so is, was, is Javier Baez all of a sudden, you know, not a clutch playoff performer? No, he was just in a slump. And, you know, so I, I'm, the, I'm just not a big, uh, I, don't, I don't put much stock in the whole choking or, you know, guys aren't clutch and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, guys go into slumps and if it happens to happen during the playoffs, they get labeled as something that they probably shouldn't. Yeah, that that's a good way to look at it too. Um, I guess I'm going to end on this. I'll just I've been I asked the other person I interviewed too. Um, who do you think is going to have a good series for the Cubs, and who do you think is going to have a bad series? Good series. Uh, that is a good question. Uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by. If the Cubs are going to win, I think Ian Happ needs to factor in. I don't know that he's going to start many games, but I think Ian Happ is going to have to come up with a big hit for us. And then I think uh, one of Russell or Baez is going to need to have a good series against those left-handed starters. Um, One of those two guys has to come up big. And then on the pitching side, whether he starts game one or not, kind of like Ian Happ, I I think John Lackey's going to have to factor in, whether it's game one starter or picking up one of the other starters that is coming, if they have to come back on short rest, I, I just I think he's going to have to factor in for us, especially given all of the struggles of some of the other guys in the bullpen that we saw. I think he's going to have to come up big in some factor, you know, in some way for us. And then Wade Davis, I mean, is he going to be gassed? Is did, you know, did we use him up? If not, you know, he might need to come through with multiple, uh, 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 multiple games where he has to pitch multiple innings. And can he still do that? You know, I, I think he can. Uh, we really didn't overtax him much during the season. Uh, they ramped it up a little bit in September when they needed him. Prior to September, I, you know, he really didn't even pitch any back-to-back games very often. Uh, so I think he's probably got a little more left in the tank than, say, like Aroldis Chapman did last year, who I think even before the World Series was uh, starting to uh, slow down a bit. Uh, Davis, I mean, obviously in the ninth, he was pretty gassed. He, uh, he still had his velo, but he seemed to be requiring a little more effort to get to that velo in uh in the ninth but uh i I think he's i think he'll have enough left in the tank for us uh this series so if we're going to advance we need to we need to have him come through big again yeah and that's i was just saying too with a couple guys that you know like uh, i think like a schwarber probably is not going to get a lot of playing time with all the lefties so 
you know, you might not see him a lot. And, you know, Zobris, he just struggles so badly as a right-handed hitter. And I think yeah. it's his wrist. Yeah, I, I think it's still injured, but yeah, that's, I don't know how big a factor he'll be. It'll be interesting. Um, I would I would love to see Ian Happ get some starts in this series. And if that's the case, then, you know, that would leave Zobrist in that role of being that switch hitter off the bench in the middle of a game that they can drop in. And so if Hap ends up being, you know, more of a starter than a bench guy in this series, I, I then I think it falls to Zobrist to that he's going to have to come up with a big hit at some point. Um, whereas if uh, Madden does still start Zobrist the majority of the time, which I expect him to do, then I think, you know, Hap's going to have to be that guy off the bench to, to come up big. So whichever one they end up playing, uh, you know, whoever's left on that bench is, is going to either come up in a big situation and fail or they're going to succeed and that could swing the series. Yeah, and yeah, like, and as you're saying, like, I think a Schwarber will get a shot as a pinch hitter in a big spot too, yeah. and hopefully he'll come yeah. through. Yeah, um, you know, obviously... Uh, late in the game, if they're facing Jensen, uh, they're not. He, they're not going to hesitate to bring in Schwarber, you know, if they need him to hit a big home run, or if it's the start of an inning, maybe Listella to get on base. But yeah, you know, if we get somebody on base late in the game, down a run or two against Jensen, uh, Schwarber's going to be the guy that's going to be coming off the bench to to uh, take that at bat. So, yeah. Well, I guess we will find out in the yeah. coming days. Yeah. You got a prediction? Yeah. Um, uh, I do not. I don't really. Uh, you know, last time I said five games. I yeah. Um, yeah. I just like it's going to be. Who knows what's going to happen in this playoffs? Everything's been crazy. Yeah, I, I for whatever reason I've just been thinking six games. I don't really have a good feel for you know which team I think is actually going to win, but I just I don't know. I just think six games. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be. I think it's all up to like Kershaw. If Kershaw is like, if he pitches like Strasburg, they're probably going to win the series. Yeah. So. Well, you know, one thing I did see, or I shouldn't say see. Uh, I, I did happen to be listening to uh, some Chicago sports radio today, which is something I generally don't do very often. Um, but they did have uh, one of the LA beat reporters on, and uh, you know he was bringing up the fact that you know Kershaw gets a lot of flack for his playoff performance, but what's really been his big downfall, I guess, has been the seventh inning. Uh, where, you know, there's been quite often where he's gotten through six innings just fine and given up one or two runs, but then he just gets blasted in the seventh. And I think I think he said that his career ERA in the postseason in the seventh innings is like over 20, which is just astounding to me. But I think it's one of those things where maybe, you know, they he can go eight, nine innings during the season, but... You know, you get to the end of the season, especially with the back problems and everything he's had over the years. You know, maybe in the playoffs, he's just a five, six inning guy. And yeah, he can still be dominant for five or six innings. But, you know, maybe it's the situation where, you know, even if he is pitching well, we may not see him the whole game. 
you know, maybe that's a situation where they get six innings out of him and then they got to get, get one inning out of their uh, setup guys and then they hand it over to Jensen for the eighth and the ninth. But, you know, maybe for that one inning, whether they stick with Kershaw too long or if they try and bring in a middle reliever, maybe that's a point where we can take advantage of it. Yeah, that that's a good good thought, too. And uh, so we'll watch those seventh yeah. innings. Like when Kershaw yeah, pitches, yeah. I mean, we'll see how... me when that guy said that. I was like, oh, you know, if, if that really is the problem, that maybe that's the point where we take advantage. Yeah, well, we're about yeah. to find out. So thanks for coming yeah, thanks on. Thanks for having me. Yep, we'll see what happens. So I will just leave a couple final thoughts. Um, you know, after winning the World Series last year, I didn't really know what to expect from this team this year. And, you know, they kind of started out slow and, you know, mm, wasn't the best start of the season, but they really turned it on late and won their division. And then they just won an NLDS that was very tightly fought against a team that you could argue is better than the Cubs, and they won. So now they're in the NLCS, and, you know, you really just have to think of this as, like, house money. Because, you know, they won last year, so there's no pressure on them this year, really. The Dodgers have been so close to the World Series I don't know how many years in a row. they made the playoffs a lot, and they just can't get over the hump, so the pressure is all on them. I don't know what's going to happen in this series, but the Dodgers could easily just crush the Cubs. They're a very good team. But I don't think the Cubs are going to go down like that. I think they're going to fight hard, and it's going to go down to the end. But again, I don't know what's going to happen. So everyone enjoy. I want to thank my guests again, Michael Ernst and Matthias Wuckner. And let's get those Dodgers.